if uh, you uh, came today and you're in the house with us and you're prepared to give, uh, there's an offering tray on the table in the back. If you uh, were able to do that on the way in, that's great. If you want to put it on your way out, that is also good as well. If you came and uh, or if you're at home with us this morning and you uh, would like to participate in the offering, you can do so at our online uh, giving portal, uh, cchmd.com slash give. I want to welcome our uh, at-home and online audience with us this morning. Uh, if, if you are new with us, my name is Mike. I'm one of the ministers here. Uh, if we would love it if you would take a moment and go to uh, cchmd.com slash connect and uh, fill out the connection card there. Let us know where you are watching from. Um, you, you can go there and, and do that. You can also text new to 240-347-0897. You can also, if you want to follow along with the uh, sermon notes today, today they are actually on there. Uh, I said that a couple weeks ago, and uh, then I realized I didn't put them up there. And so People were searching, going, where are they at? Where are they at? And, and they weren't there because uh, someone uh, didn't put them there. Uh, but I, I know they were there because I did them yesterday morning. And so you can go to uh, the Bible. You can use the YouVersion Bible app, and uh, you can uh, search for events, search for the Church of Christ at Hagerstown, and you can follow along today. Today's sermon is called For Life, For Life. And so uh, that is uh, where we're going to be uh, today. And so before we go any further, uh, let, let, let's uh, uh, pause and, and go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you uh, love us and you are here with us, Father, that you, in good times and bad, uh, through, through uh, times of, of rejoicing and times of struggle, that you walk with us, that as David said, that, and as uh, the hymn said, that uh, your peace like river attends our way, that you walk with us. Father, we are thankful that you are with us each day and uh, that you uh, are, are worthy to be praised and worshiped. Uh, through, through all, any and all situations. Father, we are thankful that you, you are here with us today. And as we open up your word, would you give us insight? Would you give us understanding about how we should live in these times? Father, we thank you for Scripture and its enduring presence and its guiding uh, strength in our life. Father, may we go to it day after day. May it help us chart a course for our life and, uh, and that we might uh, seek to know you better each day. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. November 3rd, 2020, it's an important day. It's a big day. It's a day where um, many uh, will be happy, and there will be some who will be sad. It's, it's a day where uh, there will be some celebration. It's a day where there will be maybe a, 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 a touch of sadness. And, and, and as, we, as you think through the events of that day, it's a day that, 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 that there should be great involvement. Uh, many should participate on November 3rd. I know what you're talking about, but it's, uh, that's uh, my son Jaden's 11th birthday. And so, but it also happens to be election day, doesn't it? I mean, we, 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 there's, uh, there's going to be some activity. There's going to be some, uh, maybe some, some joy. There may be some sadness. There's going to be a chance for us all to participate in one form or another on that day. And in the weeks leading up to election day, we want to use some of our time here to kind of give a, a scriptural approach. How should we handle and how should we view these times uh, that, 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 that we are in? And we're going to seek to build a, a platform that we, I think we should use to consider as we vote. Uh, quick disclaimer, there will be no endorsements of any candidates, neither will there be any denouncements of any candidates. This is not the purpose of this series. It's not the purpose of the church. Uh, but I do believe it is the purpose of the church to give us 
a proper lens through which to view culture, a proper lens through which to view the activities of our time, the situations of our days. And so in any given, given week during the next month, you may agree with everything I say. But the following week, you may go home and think, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so the, uh, we, we're, we're going to play no sides. Um, in, in fact, next week, we're going to have a, a, a guest join me uh, for, uh, for our, our, our sermon as we uh, begin to look at just some different uh, pieces of a platform that we should put together to give us a, a framework around which we should view politics and how we should view voting. Uh, every four years, uh, the citizens of our country have the opportunity to participate in the election of the individual who will fill the office. These days, the title president carries quite a bit of weight. But when our founders founded the country, they were thinking through, what are we going to call the person who is going to be kind of, you know, the, the, the buck stops here, the, 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 the top person of the pyramid, the one who's to kind of guide and make sure everything happens as it should. And so they rejected titles such as king and emperor. Can you imagine we, they had just uh, uh, fought a battle to separate themselves from King George and Britain? And there their fate is seeking before them the idea of putting George Washington over the country and then naming him King George. And they rejected the title of king. They rejected the title of emperor. And they chose instead the humble title of president. And the, the term title president literally means the one who presides. The office of president was the person was to preside over the nation and to make sure that it would function the way it should. Make sure it functioned according to the Constitution and how the founders had lined it out to be. And over the years, uh, this position has gained, tended to gain more and more power. So over the years, we've had presidents who were exceptional. My personal favorite is number 16, President Abraham Lincoln. Then we've also had some who weren't. You can go through, and the, many of the ones who weren't, we don't remember their names precisely because they weren't so exceptional. But when you consider the political machinery that it takes to get someone elected these days, it's amazing to think back that there was a time that took days to determine the winner. We're blessed to live in a country that for the past 231 years has seen the peaceful transition of political leadership. True, we have had some presidents assassinated, but the system set up by our founders has secured for us a peaceful system, a system where power has been transitioned back and forth to varying parties since its inception, a system that allows for the will of the people to be heard <clears throat> and to provide for its leadership and direction. An important, thing, important point to note before we go any further is that Jesus was neither Democrat nor Republican. Though Jesus did ride into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, he was also the one who created the elephant. And so I think Jesus kind of stands in between the two parties. And, and, and so, so we must, as we approach this thing, we must not confuse our political affiliations with our spiritual one. Neither party walks fully in step with Jesus. And so as we prepare to enter the voting booth, as we prepare to make and place our vote, we should do 
not according to whimsy, not according to luck, not flipping a coin, or merely going any meeny miny mo for which box we might check, but with a framework guided by Scripture. We f- should vote for those who best live out the principles and the priorities of Scripture, those who would best bring about the kingdom of God here on earth. None of the candidates is perfect. Each one has their flaws. But there's, it's not, in, in these days, as we may vote and as we may share who we voted for, may we not draw, uh, may we not question people's character or question people's faith based upon who they voted for in the upcoming election. So as we prepare for that day, we're going to build this platform, a platform based on Scripture to help, us, to help guide us in choosing leaders for our country, not just for this election, but for every election going forward, for every opportunity that where we have to decide who to vote for. May this be a guide, a framework that we can use. And the principle we want to start with today is that we should vote for leaders who are for life, who are for life. See, the pro-life movement has been one made up primarily of those who are on the politically conservative side of the spectrum, those who would uh, tend to support the Republican Party. It's also primarily made up of those who have aligned themselves with God's teaching from Scripture. But the pro-life movement probably has been misnamed for for many years because the primary primary focus of the pro-life movement has been protecting life in the womb. So in reality, it ought to be named the pro-birth movement because its focus is to reduce and eliminate abortion on demand. And the reason why abortion on demand is unilaterally wrong is because it's taking an innocent life. But is God merely interested in protecting life those nine months that a baby lives in its mother's womb? Is God merely interested in that period of time? Does being pro-life stop at birth? I like the words of Tony Evans. God is a God of whole life, not term. He is pro-life from the womb to the tomb. He's pro-life from the womb to the tomb. And so with that in mind today, we are going to turn to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go back to the very beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, when God sought to make man. And what was on God's mind? And what did God have in mind for us as he created us? We'll see that God values us much more than just the nine months prior to our birth, but also until we fulfill the life that he has laid out for each and every one of us. Genesis 1, beginning with verse 26, says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. 
They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the air, and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. And I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was morning, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So if you read through the creation account of Genesis 1, there seems to be this little formula. At the beginning of each day, God says, let there be, and it appears. Whatever he says just kind of comes in. It would be at light or land or water or plants or animals. God says this. He says, let there be. God makes this request, and it appears. Wouldn't that be awesome? Let there be breakfast. Then breakfast appears before you. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I have to cook anything. Just go, let there be, and voila, there it is. At the end of each day, God looks at what he's made. He says, this is good. It is good. This was good. We created life. We made land. We made water. We, 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 we made plants. We made animals. We made all these things. At the end of each day, he says, it is good. But the formula seems to change a little bit when we get to game day six. And God looks and he says, let us make mankind in our image. In our likeness. All of a sudden, it appears that God's having a conversation with someone, right? Yeah, it's not just God making these decisions on his own. God is having, uh, almost seems to have this conversation. And of all the different uh, explanations of this text, the one I like best is that this is the introduction to the Godhead, the Trinity. That God has been creating this whole time, not just by himself, but with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that they've been working together in concert to create all that we see and all that we know. And, and, and at the end of, uh, of the, the creation process, God looks out and he says to him, hey, to top this whole thing off, let us make people. Let's make mankind and make them in our image. And they seem to agree. And they begin, they, they begin to put man together and they form him out of the dust of the earth and they breathe life into him. They've been working in concert this whole time and now they reveal not only the Trinity, but also the image of man. That we are created in the very image of God. And here's the bottom line for today. If you get nothing else, get this, that his image gives us value. His image gives us value. So it doesn't matter if you like someone. It doesn't matter if you agree with someone. If you think on one hand that they are a terrible person, they still have value because they have the image of God in them just as the image of God is in you. His image gives us value. And so when we think about being pro-life, when we think about being for life, we need to make sure that we're for the whole life and not just pro-life birth, because when we are, are formed, God puts his image, his stamp in each and every one of us. So what value does God give us? His image, his value gives us the value of position, of position. 
See, did, did, did you notice he said, we're going to create man and we're going to put him over everything that we have made. Over all the plants that we've created, all, all the fruit, all, all, the, all this vegetation, we're going to give him that for food. We're going to put him over the, the birds of the air and the beasts of the land and the fish of the sea. God put man, he built man, he created man and put him at the top of the pyramid. And said, so we're going to put him over everything. We can give him dominion over all that we have created. God has given us the value of position. And in this, God established government. Yeah, Mike, I don't, I don't see, I don't see president and Congress and, and judicial branch. God didn't establish government in the way that we see it in lined out in the Constitution, but God established a pattern of dominion. That there ought to be a, a hierarchy of things, that there ought to be a government to promote the conditions and wellness for all the citizens and protect against the spread of evil. See, there's this dominion that God has given us because of the image he has placed inside of us. He's given us dominion over all of creation that he has made. And this includes government, to maintain an environment where freedom can flourish and evil be diminished. So what did God do? God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. See, there's equal value no matter your gender. There's equal value no matter your gender. God doesn't value men over women or women over men. They were all created with equal care and given equal value because his image gives us value. His image gives us value. See, all life matters to God from the womb to the tomb because we are all fashioned in the image of our creator. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been God creating man that first time? Have you ever built something with your hands? Maybe it's something you came up just kind of creatively on your own. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this thing. I'm, gonna, I'm going to put this thing together. And you don't really know exactly what it's going to look like. And then at the end, you step back and you're like, wow, I built that with my hands. I created it. Can you imagine God in this whole creation process? Never built, I've never created a man before. Begins to form, put him together, and breathes the breath of life into him. Steps back. Wow. It is very good. He steps back and goes, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. You know, he, he looked and man doesn't quite, uh, you know, doesn't really uh, bond and, and, and equate with any of the other animals, any of the things he made. And so he caused Adam to go into, fall into a deep sleep and he, he formed from the rib of his side. And he put them both in charge of the entire world. They have equal value. They have equal value in the eyes of God. They have different roles. There are different things that God has placed each gender. There are certain things that, 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 that see men can do that maybe women can't quite do. And there are certain things that women do that men, frankly, don't want to do. Mainly that be fruitful and multiply, but we'll get that in a second. 
But just because we have different roles, does that mean we have any less value? God values all life because all life is created in his image. And because God is pro-life, God is for life, means there ought to be a system of justice in place for the safety and the well-being of all lives. And our country has not been perfect on this. We've had some flaws. While we have our flaws, we enjoy freedoms in our country that would be the envy of many countries around the world. Government should be patterned off of the original design of our creator. God places Adam and Eve in the garden. He says, this is all for you to enjoy, right? He gives them great freedom, but he gives them one boundary, right? All this is for you to enjoy. Just don't eat from that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good. Do not eat from, do not eat from that tree. All these other trees, good for you to eat. But if you eat from that tree, when you eat from that tree, you will die. God gives them great freedom. He also gives boundaries. And with those boundaries, he gives consequence. See, the purpose of government should not, the purpose of government should not limit humanity's freedom, but should promote freedom through boundaries. Boundaries that are clear, that are broad, that are just, with immediate and acute consequences for breaking them. See, biblical justice aims to protect individual liberty while promoting personal responsibility. Biblical justice aims to protect individual liberty while promoting personal responsibility. See, liberty? Liberty comes with responsibility. Liberty comes with the responsibility to live by God's moral law. And when we fail to do so, we must face the consequences. See, in every... See, our problems arise. Our problems arise when we fail to live by God's standard. Look back through the Bible. And every time you see one of God's people fall, when God of, one of God's people kind of get themselves into a bad spot, it's not because God left them. It's because we left God. It's not because God all of a sudden just up and left us, but we decided to go our own way. We decided to not follow God's standard. And when we fail to follow God's standard, the appropriate consequences apply to our life. See, when we place cultural mandates on a higher level than scriptural mandates, problems are going to come our way. See, liberty comes with responsibility, the responsibility to live by God's moral law and to be willing to face the consequences when we fail to do so. God gives us value because he's placed his image in us. And in that, God looked and he said, and as part of giving us domain over the earth, he looks at Adam and Eve. He says, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over everything that live, every living creature that moves on the ground. Interesting note about the creation narrative. In every other domain, be it plant, or animal, God looks and says, have them reproduce after their own kind. Have them reproduce after their own kind. But when he looks at man, when he looks at man, he says, be f- and multiply. 
In every other class, he limits the reproductive nature. But in the command to man, there is no disclaimer. Because we are all equal, male and female, because his image is given to us. There's no difference in race, because his image gives us value. His image gives us value. And see, where our world has gone wrong is that in some instances, we've placed an inordinate amount of value on a particular person because of their race or because of their gender or because of their position. And there have been times when there have been some who've been disadvantaged and slighted and forced to jump through hoops that have limited their freedom and have limited their opportunities. And in these situations, our government and public institutions have been wrong. And in some of these situations, the church has either been silent or complicit in the propagation of said wrong. See, God ordains civil government. So it's not just throw out government. It's not just throw out the authorities. Because anarchy is not the way forward either. But God has ordained civil government to do some specific things. To protect and to promote the freedoms of its citizens. And sometimes in our day and age to to right some of these wrongs in our contemporary culture, uh, a certain thing called social justice has arisen. And the problem is that social justice has become a catchphrase for some, oftentimes for some illegitimate forms of government. Government plans to promote a redistribution of wealth rather than the redistribution of opportunity. What that does is it cheapens the value of the individual. It cheapens the value of the individual and keeps them from maximizing their full potential. It's not redistributing wealth, it's making sure everyone has an equal playing field. See, biblical justice provides society with a divine frame of reference from which we operate using Scripture as a guide. The defining template on how we should function as a people and as a society. See, God's given instrument for divine government is God's instrument for divine justice and partially established and should reflect and apply his divine justice. See, if we vote as scripture would have us vote, we vote for life. We vote for life. Not just protecting innocent lives of babies in the womb, but also the welfare and the potential of all lives until they come to their natural end and are laid to rest in the tomb. None of us is perfect. There are no perfect candidates and there are no perfect voters. But as we look forward to election day, and as we think about who we're going to place our vote for, may we vote for the party and platform and policy and person we think best represents the kingdom of God. It may be one of the two candidates from the two major parties. But certain flaws and certain uh, actions may cause you to consider placing your vote for one of the growing numbers of other parties. Even then, they too will be imperfect. We must realize that we are all sinners in need of grace. That none of us will get it right. That none of us will be perfect all the time. But that we are all created in the image of God. And that Jesus came to earth to show us the perfect picture of who God is. 
and what we were meant to be. See, sin has defaced that image. It's not destroyed it. It's marred it just a bit. It's hidden in the image of God in us. But only through Jesus can that image of God be restored in us. That through his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be made new. That we can be restored to God. His image is not lost due to sin. Just maybe in hiding. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be restored. We can be made new. See, without Jesus, we would never become what he truly desires us to be. See, the God is for all life. And he would want everyone to trust in him. To follow his plan for their life, for their family, and yes, even, even government. See, his image, his image gives us value. A value that is so great that he would send his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins that we might be restored to him. That he would take our place and pay our punishment because we have broken God's law. God has given us great freedom, but he's given us significant boundaries, strong boundaries, firm boundaries, just boundaries. And when we step outside of those boundaries, there is an acute and immediate consequence that we are separated from him. He's made a way for that relationship to be restored together again, for it to be made new. And if you need to make that relationship new in you, if you need to make Jesus your Savior, if you need to have his image restored in your life, today you can choose life. Today, you can choose not a better life just here, but also a life in the future forever with your Savior Jesus. If you want help in that process, if you want help making Jesus your Savior, we'd love to help you with that. And you can let us know simply by going to cchmd.com slash connect, fill out the connection card, and in there you can click the box, become a Christian. We will follow up with you and we'll begin to walk you through the process of that journey. You can also text LIFE to 240-347-0897. See, God has given each of us value. He's put his image in each and every one of us. That no matter our, our race, our gender, where we came from, where we're going, we all have equal footing at the foot of the cross. God has given us the same position to rule and have dominion over the earth. And so over those things that we have power and control over, may we rule as God would have us rule, with great freedom, but with just and fair boundaries. That we would promote the freedom, not just for ourselves, but freedoms for those who are around us. That they would have equal opportunity to succeed in God's world, to live the kind of life that God would have them live. That we would be pro-life, not just for the nine months before a baby is born, but until they come to their natural end, at the end of their life, fulfilling the days that God has for them. Because his image gives all of us value. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this day. 
Father, we've been able to look at this topic. Father, may you help us to value all of life as you value life. Father, no matter where we come from, where we're going, no matter if we agree with others or not, that we can all agree that everyone has value because everyone has been created in your image. Father, would your image be evident in all of our life? Father, would we draw closer to you to allow that image to, to shine brighter, to be more clear, that you would be glorified in all that we do and all that we say? Father, I pray that you would be with us in the high times and the low times of the week ahead. Father, as you walk with us, may we learn to trust you more and to give you even greater control of our life that you would shine brightly, and we would lead others to know you. Father, we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. As I said earlier, if you want to participate in the offering today, you can do so either by placing uh, your, your gift in the uh, table in the back or use the online giving portal at cchmd.com give. Hey, next week we are going to be talking about racial reconciliation. And so we're going to have a, a, a guest come in to speak with me. If they're, as part of our time together, we're going to have a question and answer time. And so if there are some questions you've thought about, hey, I, I would want to know something about this, you can send those texts. You can text those to 240-347-0897. You can send them to my email address. Uh, we're going to kind of collect some of those together and, and begin to, to, to process and think about those uh, uh, that way we're not putting anybody on the spot. So if there's anything that you have thought, hey, I want to ask this kind of question, uh, we, we would love to be able to, to, to put that uh, in the queue for next week. And so if you want to do that, go ahead and, and make that note. Um, uh, but uh, over, the, over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to look at some different difficult things. And hopefully over the next few weeks, we all leave certain days feeling encouraged because, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with Scripture. Maybe some days we're, we're a little bit challenged because, Maybe our, our position needs to change just a little bit to fall better in line with Jesus. Because at the end of the day, we want to be a people who help bring about the kingdom of God here on earth. And to do so, we need to be, make sure that we are as close as we can, walking in step with Scripture. So that's my prayer for us as we look at these days ahead. I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.